Hi and welcome to The Three Good Podcast, a weekend podcast where I talk about all things to do with positive psychology, well-being, resilience, mental health and emotional intelligence. I'm your host, Sukhpavia. Hi everyone, welcome to episode 38 of The Three Good Podcast. It's been a long time since I was last at it, folks. June the 7th was when I last decided to publish something. So three months ago, y'all. Hope you've all been well in that period. Life is certainly continuing to throw up a whole load of interesting stuff for us to deal with. For a lot of us in very many different ways. COVID-19 continues to be the, the ultimate disruptor to everything. Which genuinely still surprises me you know that we that we're living through such times and it is affecting so much of what we do in in so many different ways i'm hopeful that once we are through this and that's a big unknown as to when that's actually going to happen but you know once we're through it we'll we'll have we'll have a lot more insight into the human condition particularly around resilience and well-being because these are the times when we have a lot of psychologists and uh, learned folk who really understand the human condition as they under, as they thought about it before and now they're going to have a whole host of new data in very many different ways to to think about how is it affecting people and what do these kinds of restrictions on life and conditions mean for our personal resilience and overall well-being. It's going to be truly fascinating to understand all of that when it starts to come through. We're at the very very early stages of all of this as well. So I'm not I'm I'm trying to just be mindful of that for myself. I'm not um I'm interested to hear what some people have to say in this space, but like I say there's we're all going through it right now, so these things take time to genuinely understand how, what's the impact on us at a individual level, and how can we take that and do something useful with it. That takes time, right? It takes, um, and I'm hopeful I'm not going to be um, over uh, over egging it, but it takes years to to think about these things and to truly come up with insight that is genuinely helpful and helps us to move forward. So, um, wanted to talk today about um, actually a related topic around this, right? Which is how do we, how do you cultivate happiness, and why does it sometimes fail? And it's an interesting question for me because I, I see, I, I pay attention to how people talk about things like um, when they're at their best, you know. And so, you know, if someone's having a good day. What kind of stuff are they talking about when they're saying they, they're, they're having a good day? And then I also look for the other side of that stuff as well. When we say, when people say that they're having a bad day, what kind of language are they using to describe that bad day? And less about the circumstances, because circumstances are always going to be unique. You know, the uniqueness of um, you know two people going to watch, say for example, the same film, they can come away with completely different perceptions of it 
but what's the language they use to describe it? That's the thing which is interesting. So right now I'm really paying attention to this. Like how do people describe when they're going through something either challenging or, or yeah, deeply personal and it's affecting them in some way? And at the other end of that, if they're feeling really good and they're having a great day, how do they describe that as well? And it's made me reflect on quite a few things. I wanted to just talk about those and share those out loud. Um, I think one of the one of the key questions that some of this starts to answer is, why is it? Why does um, looking for and why does finding happiness feel like such a burden for some people, and why for others does it seem to be uh, more readily available? Uh, actually, I think both questions might be wrong. I actually think those questions I've just asked there aren't the right questions to be asking. You know, it's not that um, happiness comes easier to some people than it does to others. And I think that often, actually, there's several things at play when it comes to trying to actually find um, a, a sense of happiness. So the, 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 the first thing, and I've said this before many, many times, the first thing about happiness is that it's actually the wrong measure. It's actually the wrong thing to be seeking and to try and cultivate. And the reason for that is, you know, it's, it's a very known reason that happiness is a very, it's a fleeting emotion. It's very transitory. It's not a permanent state. And because it's not, because of its impermanence, it's not something that we can uh, readily make happen you know you can't just turn on the happiness element of your brain you know, so it, it's helpful to try and understand what is happiness right so happiness is often the um, attainment of something that you desire you know so I want to have a good meal I go out for a good meal I feel good because of that it makes me feel happy I want to have sex with my partner because I desire them we have sex I feel happy right it releases those um, Neuro, um, the neurochemicals that help us to feel that you know I um, I feel like that I, I want to uh, go for a run because it's going to help me to feel good I go for a run I feel good right so there's there's things we can do that that bring on a sense of happiness but what we always know is that that that, ha that moment of happiness is often a moment right it's not something that lasts for hours and I think that's something which people uh, I think that's a, that's an immediate thing that people forget right it's all oh, right yeah I, I forget that it's it's not something which I can hold on to for a long period of time it's something which I can feel it now but in, a, in an hour I may can feel something completely different and I, I think this also starts to speak to um, people's understanding of um, how happiness how we can feel happiness and later immediately like sometimes have the opposite uh, feeling of either immense sadness or um, anger even and you know it's and again I think we, we look at those things and we, we think oh maybe I wasn't happy at that moment because I because I'm now angry later on because I'm really sad later that the, the feeling of happiness before was not real and again, I think that's just the wrong way to, to think about these things, you know. It's not that they weren't real. You know, they certainly were at that moment, and that's okay. So, you know, some of the things we discussed um, on this podcast previously is, um, there are, I, I think, when it comes to start thinking about, well, how do I feel happy, and what kind of things help bring on those happiness levels, we have to be really careful that we're not doing things that puts either ourselves or others at harm. 
you know so it's very easy to think uh, to think that alcohol will help us to feel happy it doesn't really it just affects the brain's um, neurochemistry in a certain way and because of that it uh, it it doesn't bring on happiness it allows us to um, just kind of get straight to a, a certain kind of emotion because for some people they get angry when they have alcohol or they feel sad um, you know, it's, it's, so it's not that the alcohol itself um, induces any kind of emotion it's that it um, allows access to those emotions a bit more quicker than we might ordinarily feel them and uh, as a as a related point as well I also really want to pay attention to we have a very in the UK we have a very unhealthy relationship with alcohol it's seen as a um, uh, as something that you do a lot of and if you don't drink a lot then you are not fulfilling life to a certain extent it's a very accepted practice people who drink have a drink every day they'll say I have a glass of wine every day and it's great for me or I have two or three beers every night and I feel great well that's not that's not the best way to to um, help the body and to remain healthy either so we really do and you know, beyond that there's people who have problems with alcohol and it's been going on for years and it's something which we we don't really pay it uh, we don't pay attention to in the right way insofar as uh, we, we don't try and help people to not need alcohol we just allow it to be a very ready part of our lives so coming back to the thing about the happiness piece and how alcohol is a harmful thing so when we talk about alcohol I'm also going to start to trend, uh, hold in the same hand with that um, other harmful behaviors like drug taking gambling problem gambling in particular um, uh, and you know those key things there the alcohol the drugs the gambling yeah you know, the very unhealthy behaviors that can bring on momentary feelings of happiness but actually they're incredibly harmful and because of that harm that they bring you know we really need to be careful about well okay what's more important is it that I want to feel a kind of happiness or is it that I want to take the uh, the uh, the thing or do the thing which which can um, often bring on that feeling as well now you know we want what we would like to be able to do is avoid harm when it comes to seeking out happiness so it's not just about those things as well right it can also be about um, you know extreme thrill seeking type behavior um, and you know, that can also be harmful as well you know so for example if you're someone who likes to do extreme sports uh, because it gives you a that sense of happiness as well yeah extreme sports comes with a, a fair risk of harm um, it might be an acceptable level of harm you know, depending on your attitude and how you view these things but it still can bring harm so again we just need to hold that and go okay is that the thing that should actually bring in happiness or are there other things that we, we should be thinking of so yeah hold on to that folks you know when we talk about things that can create happiness we really need to make sure that we're not doing things that can cause us harm or others harm in the in the pursuit of that happiness so that's one piece right I, I think that's really important when we consider this topic the other then side of that is so how do we start to use the language how do we start to think about situations or life 
stuff where we can think, okay, am I actually happy today? Are things happening in the best way for me? And there's so many different factors to this, and it's not going to be possible to address all of them in this one episode. So I just want to try and highlight some of the key things that, that we often, um, uh, we, we just pay cursory attention to, right? So one is the level of kind of um, personal gratitude that you feel and how you express that. We've spoken about this before on the podcast, and it's something which I always come back to when I talk about positive psychology and resilience and overall well-being, right? It's about uh, what things in my day-to-day life am I grateful for? And it's not just identifying it, but how do I express that gratitude in the best way as well? Sometimes that can be a personal affair, right? So the whole title of this podcast is Three Good, and that's because of the daily activity you can do to note the three good things that are happening for you. There's also things like letting people know, expressing the gratitude to and appreciation to those who have done something that is helpful to you or supportive to you or good for you. You know, it could be like someone that you um, went out for a meal with, you want to express the appreciation for that, uh, for the support that you had and the the laughs and the, and the good time, right? It's uh, about things like just having a talk on the call, on a, on a phone, you know, or um, getting some support to work a problem through. Things like that, which, yes, some of us will express that gratitude and others just choose not to. When we choose not to express gratitude, uh, it really shows a lack of uh, awareness as to the impact someone is having on our life. And, you know, when we are able to do that, and when you do see others do that, it's often received with grace as well. You know, that people don't, don't often um, have a bad reaction towards receiving gratitude if they do it's probably because there's other stuff going on for them as opposed to you expressing that gratitude so that's one piece right it's about how we um, think about and express gratitude it helps to really cultivate a, a longer sense of i appreciate the things that are happening for me in my life and that appreciation helps me to feel good whether or not we call that happiness, I'm going to put that on hold because happiness comes from so many different spheres of stuff. The other piece is doing meaningful types of activities. You know, and so this is something which we speak about when we talk about the PERMA model that Martin Seligman um, has um, made popular. And in that, you know, what he's found, and not just him, but has been repeated many times over is when we do things that are helpful to others it really does bring in a sense of I feel good because of the positive impact I've had with somebody else yeah, or I've had on somebody else and it's not that you've um, done something to um, um, manipulate or to um, cause a situation to happen in a certain way but that you're doing something which enables them to do something of their own accord, right? So, for example, you might be donating regular food to the food bank. Great cause, much needed, um, and it is a very practical way to be able to help others. It might be that you're volunteering for a charity or for the NHS or for something else, some other group or community who need that help that they can't ordinarily receive. 
Yeah, it could be that you're offering mentoring services because you recognize that there's a way to help people professionally improve their chances. So lots of things where you know there's ways to create meaning where you helping others do something and you know when we do that it helps um, helps you know as an individual that you're doing something which is more than yourself bigger than yourself now I want to be a bit cautious here because you know sometimes we can look at public figures and we look to see how are they acting how are they doing something that's bigger than themselves and public figures don't always act in the best interest of other people there is you know in, in a very crude way there are uh, public figures who will do things solely for the for their self-interest and there are um, public figures who will do things because they they're good at it and they can make money from it without hurting or harming others and then there are uh, those who do things in the public interest because it's their calling for life so you know it could be um, like a, an MP or it could be like a, a public health official things like that now the first group I mentioned about people who do things that are self-interest there are there are very many public figures that we can point to who we would like to think that they are morally upstart people but they're really not they're just doing things or they um, exploiting the position that they're in in order to create more money in most circumstances or accumulate more power for themselves because they think that's what they think they need and often when you talk to those or hear them talk about stuff those kinds of people they're not talking about things in terms of appreciation or gratitude they're talking about things in terms of entitlement and need and that's a very different place to come from right when we talk about happiness it's it is normally about I feel happy because I appreciate that there are these things in my life I have gratitude because these things have been given to me and I've been able to use them in good ways for myself and for others as opposed to I deserve to feel happy and therefore I'm going to do the things that uh, are right only for me and not for anybody else you know it's that entitlement that sense of entitlement that sense of greed you know I need this and I need more because if I don't have more then I can't be happy you know things are not going well for me and like I say there's a lot of public figures that you can easily point to and we can see actually yes there might be a public figure it might look like they're successful but actually their expression of that kind of happiness is ne is nearly always laden with greed and entitlement and wanting more and less about um, the uh, the positive impact that they can have on others by helping people to understand and appreciate the gratitude that they're feeling because they don't use the words around appreciation gratitude um, inclusion you know that those those words in that terminology is very alien to them you know things like service things like that are just not things that they choose to invest in instead it's more about what can I get for me what can I get for this my my tribe um, because that's all that matters and they don't want to look out for other people so that's another piece right is trying to find this meaning um, because when we look for meaning and when we hear people talk about um, if they're happy we often can think about well am I, are you are you talking about happiness in a way which uh, allows me to know that you're you're seeking to do something more than just for yourself. 
Yeah, there's other aspects as well around this uh, thing called, that we call happiness. You know, one is how do we think about money and what it can do for us? You know, there are so many people who will tell you that money um, can buy happiness, and equally, will you hear so many people who say money can't buy happiness? And you know, repeatedly, what we understand is that in order to just get by in life, you do need to have a certain kind of income. And what's less important is what level of income because the important thing is that the income allows you to live the life that you need. Yeah, for some people, they need to just live a simple life. They don't need to have um, a big uh, property to live in. They don't need to have um, the kind of modern conveniences that many of us might be used to. They're quite happy just having things as simple and easy as they can. Whereas others like to um, ha might build themselves a bigger f um, uh, sense of what they need. And so their income needs to match that in order for them to achieve it. And it doesn't mean that one is happier than the other because it's more about how that money is utilized as opposed to how much that person has, right? So we have a really difficult relationship when it comes to money and the sense of happiness we think it brings to us. And also we know from, from many, many um, different parts of life and mental health and counseling and therapy and problems and divorces that money cr can often cause uh, um, an element of greed and when we when people get greedy they really stop thinking in terms of happiness and what's going to be good for them and for others and they just think more about how they can accumulate more when we want, when we think about accumulating more, that's that's really not about happiness. That's just more about entitlement and greed that we spoke about a bit earlier. So I think that's an important piece, you know, just thinking about our relationship with money and how we think about it and what kind of behaviours it drives, as well. The the um, another piece I, I think is important to kind of pay attention to is how do we express. Um, the, the good things that are happening to us. When I spoke earlier about the language that we use, you know, it's very clear to, to me that when I hear people say, oh, you know, this is happening and it's good, but that could have been better. And, you know, yes, this was a, um, that was a nice experience, but there was also that thing over there which didn't go so well. You know, it's when we start to use that kind of but language, um, you know, when you when you feel like you have to critique something because if you don't then apparently you're not being a critical thinker or you're not being open enough or you're not being helpful to others right but that judgment that judgment language that we use is unhelpful because all it does is it, it it stops us from allowing us to feel happy or feeling good in that moment right it's yeah yeah yeah, sure i feel good but you know what all of these things here they just didn't really work so well that particular it's like when you go to a restaurant and you say how was the meal oh, i was great except you know that one thing it didn't work so well well okay did they need to hear that or is that just you wanting to express something because you felt you had some kind of power or control over the situation you know it's like when you go and you experience like um uh, uh, like a, a, um, a theme park or something and you know someone asks how was the day oh yeah the day was great except there were these things that, that happened in that day and they kind of 
you know, made me annoyed or got a bit frustrating. I mean, okay, that might have happened, but did that stop you from actually enjoying the day? So, you know, we, we, we almost place these automatic barriers on ourselves. And it's not helpful, right? Because it, it doesn't allow us to fully experience the moment in an, with a sense of appreciation or gratitude. And instead, it creates a sense of, oh, okay, well, yeah, I, I understand the balance that you want to provide there, but do you need to? Like, why does that balance need to be present? You know, who does it actually benefit? And uh, what kind of message is that sending across to the other person about how you, um, how, how you feel about that event? I'm not saying we need to avoid these things. I'm not saying we need to be inauthentic and, and not let people know if things are annoying or frustrating. What I'm trying to say is that when you're, if you, if we're talking about happiness, then sometimes we place these barriers on ourselves, and those barriers become uh, quite significant, and we, we just need to be aware of that, right? So it's more about the self-awareness and and how that gets, uh, you know, how that comes through in the in the language that we use when we talk about things like. Am I feeling good? Is there something that's making me happy or not? So just continuing a bit more about that language of um, that we use is also how do we express things beyond just kind of a cursory, I feel good or yes, that made me happy. Yeah, how do we really use the full range of the English language or whatever language it is that you natively speak to really be able to let someone know, well, you know, this happened and I really liked it because of these different things and not just that but there was also that thing that happened which i really enjoyed and i really want to see that happen more you know that kind of that kind of commentary that kind of expression is rich absolutely rich full of insight and awareness of how it made you feel and the expression of that and the way you're open about it and that's wonderful to really hear we just don't do that well enough yeah most people will say um yeah oh yeah that was a great day and they won't go much further than that. Or if they do, it's at a very cursory level. Yeah, it was a great day. You know, I was really pleased to have seen my friends. Okay, that's great. What about that, though? You know, tell me more about that experience because there was something going on there which makes you feel that like you're in a really positive state. So allow yourself to really get into it. Apologies for that, folks. There's some car out there deciding they need to try and be a, a race car on a 30 stretch, which doesn't make sense to me. But anyway... You know, it's uh, um, we need to just, uh, I think, help ourselves to to really get into um, those emotions. And what's interesting to me is that often you'll find that if people find it difficult to articulate further about what's feeling good for them, they're also going to have difficulty about what's not feeling good for them. And particularly when it comes to relationships, that's really important. You know, that expression of the good is just as important as the expression of the bad you know if something isn't working well for you we need yes you have to be able to say that you have to be able to express it but we struggle with that a lot of times you know that's why a lot of um, that's why many arguments take place is because things aren't getting expressed clearly whereas I what I found is that if you can express something in a very good clear way you can do that whether it's a bad thing or a good thing and especially when it's a good thing, it's great to hear the other person, your partner, tell you something that you're really happy with. Not just you're happy with it or how it made you feel, but the the connection that it grows. 
the bond that it creates, the way that it draws you closer to that individual, the way that it makes you feel beyond just saying, it makes me feel good, or it makes me feel happy. You know, there's and that depth of expression is so rich, so important. And like I say, right, it's it's a telling factor of how well we consider ourselves and other people and the happiness we want to try and create around that. So, you know, that leads me on to then just talk about a final piece around relationships. And again, this is related into the PERMA model that Martin Seligman talks about. We don't really pay attention to the quality of relationships that we have in our life. We're told that we have to stick with what we have. We have to make do. That if you know, if we have a troublesome relationship with our parents, uh, or one parent over another, or a sibling, then that's just what it is. You just have to accept it and carry on. And what you see in very many walks of life is actually people don't even they don't they know not to do that. They know they don't have to accept it, so they don't accept it. And I'm not saying we need to accept any of those, right? What I'm saying is that we. What we don't do well enough is we don't help people really understand if they're having the right relationships in their life or not, and what they can, what can they do about it that actually helps them to move through. You know, so for example, if you have a troublesome or really difficult or hard relationship with a parent, that's very understandable, and it doesn't mean that we that that person should have to continue that kind of relationship for any reason whatsoever. Because if the if the quality of the relationship isn't there, then why does the familial aspect of that trump the practical day-to-day hardship that you're going through? Why does it make any of that any less? And it shouldn't make it any less, you know, just because it's something that um, uh, many cultures um, say is important doesn't mean it automatically is. And not just about parents, but also about you know siblings, partners. You know, if there's if there's something happening there which is troublesome to you as an individual, then and as long as you're not harming anyone in doing so, you don't have to continue that relationship. There are ways to be able to live life in the absence of having these troublesome people with you. You know, and the same is very true of friendships as well. There are certain people that you will meet over life who at some point in time are a good person to have in your life that may not always continue to be the case you know that doesn't mean that just because um, they are that they were a friend at one point they have to continue to be a friend at a later point you know if they start to become someone and um, you know who is being abusive or uh, being hurtful towards others and you know this like you, there's no responsibility or there's no um, obligation for you to have to keep that friendship going for any reason um, so yeah the important stuff to I think really think about when it comes to the quality of those relationships and how we allow ourselves to think about well, is that relationship helping me? If it is, and I'm supportive, and I gain a lot of value from being with that person, and I don't mean value in terms of monetary or anything like that, but you know, the deep, that deep sense of uh, that person is important in my life, that's a really great piece of knowledge to have, 
about that individual and also we should be telling them we should let these you know individuals know that they are important in our lives and uh, so i think that's something else i, I wanted to, to talk about there because i think too often what happens is we maintain relationships with people because there's a sense of obligation to those relationships and actually that's just not true and we we um you know we we often um put energy into those relationships where we know we're not getting the same energy back and or not in a positive way at least and that's again right just not a, it's not a helpful thing for either party to happen so so folks you know talked a lot here in this episode about the the kind of the range of what what happiness can mean to an individual and what we what we think we can do to to help ourselves to feel happy but actually I think the wrong it's, it's always the wrong question you know what can I do to feel happy because happiness is a momentary and transitory thing so we shouldn't be necessarily seeking happiness what we should be looking for is um, how to have longer lasting feelings of positivity it's a complicated sentence and I'm not even suggesting that that's the new way to coin anything or term anything right but it's just more about actually yes if you want to talk about happiness i get it it's a totally a valid concept and we should um, and at the same time i think we need to really be clear about okay how do we understand what happiness is and what's the complete range of things that impact on that and i think if we can have that kind of conversation more that's when we'll really be able to help not just ourselves but other people to really move forward in that pursuit of happiness folks it's been a while um, if you stayed with me to the end of this episode i appreciate your time i appreciate you listening as always very interested to know what you think about this episode and uh, just either um, leave a comment on itunes or leave a, a brief review of the podcast wherever you're catching it it's helpful for those uh, rankings apparently to go up so i really appreciate it folks thanks and catch you on the next one